Welcome to the Magnetic Voice here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel, a show where speakers and singers learn how to be more magnetic and align their voices to the divine within. Today, episode 23, What If Your Voice Could Save a Life? And now your host, Monique McDonald. Hello and welcome to the Magnetic Voice Podcast. My name is Monique McDonald and I'm here with Shannon Croft. Hello, Monique, and hello, everybody. We are so grateful to be coming at you today. Uh, Shannon, we're having a heat wave here in New York City. Woo! Things well, are heating up. <laughs> girl, I'm glad the heat is up there with you because in Orlando, it's rainy and cloudy and I kind of hate it because honestly, I mean, it's summertime. Come on. But <laughs> it's it's funny to me that it's much cooler in Orlando than it is in your neck of the woods right now. I know. It's, it's crazy, crazy times. But the sun is shining and I'm so grateful my apartment is full of light. Oh, yay. So... And the magic of electronics that we can be here together, right. not in the same room, Thank and have a God podcast. for that. <laughs> this would have been a, a really horrible year and a half, if, if not for the era that we live in. Yeah, so just a moment of gratitude for that. Amen. Did we just open a podcast talking about the weather? That's kind of the lamest <laughs> thing ever. I always we bring sure an umbrella did. for the rain. <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. Oh, goodness. Well, today's podcast, I named What If Your Voice Could Save a Life. Mm-hmm. So when I was a little girl, like most little girls, I wanted to be just like my mommy. Mm. She was an amazing singer, and um, I remember one time she was doing a concert at the chapel at Columbia University here in New York City, and the chapel at Columbia is just really just gorgeous, and it has this huge dome, and for some reason, it's one of my earliest memories, I, I was probably about four, four or five years old, I was up in the top of the dome. Oh, wow. And I was hearing my mother's voice vibrating through that space. And my little girl body was vibrating with the sound. And I saw her and I just, I felt like I was witnessing something magical that I, I really just didn't understand. Wow. So after the concert was over, you can imagine little Monique like pushing <laughs> through all the important people, oh, yeah. right? Who oh, were yeah. greeting her and wanting to tell her how lovely her performance was. And I was like, Mommy, 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 <laughs> are you still my mommy? Oh. <laughs> because she looked like some sort of goddess, right. some sort of magical creature. Oh, and that sound. And I'll never forget this. You know, she was the diva in the middle of all of her people, and she stopped everything and reached down and pulled me close and said, What, Monique? I am your mommy, and I will always be your mommy. Oh, God, that's great. 
Uh. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's such a beautiful moment in my life. And um, it's, it's, it was just one of those magical mm-hmm. moments. And so, you know, I grew up and I started, you know, when you're a teenager, how everybody's like, so what are you going to be when you grow up? Oh, sure. And, and um, I was telling everybody I wanted to be a singer like my mommy, right? Right, of course. Now, my daddy asked me one day, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I told him I wanted to be a singer like mommy. Yeah. And he said, don't you want to be a doctor or a nurse? Oh, I'm sorry. He said, those people are important. They save lives. Right. They save lives. Now, in my daddy's defense, I think, you know, my mother being a singer was one of the reasons that, you know, the the divorce happened. Right. I think he just never really understood that part of her. Sure. So the idea that his only child was going to follow in her footsteps, I can't imagine that was an easy right. thing for him. Right. But I remember that moment and I thought to myself, well, what if a voice could save a life? Mm. And I said that out loud and I remember his face, you know, it was just sort of yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, little girl. You'll you'll learn. <laughs> exactly. You'll you'll grow up and understand. When you get out you in know. the real world, you'll understand. Exactly. And and listen, I, obviously we are so grateful for the medical professionals and and oh, God. and that yes. they do save lives. Um but I, I was sort of obsessed with that idea. Yeah. But I also I realized that it helped it that moment, you know, my dad, as I said, I mentioned my my parents divorced when I was quite young, and all I wanted was my dad's approval, right? Of course, he had remarried, and he married, you know, a, a woman with three children, which he adopted, and I, oh, I wow. just, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to, I wanted his approval. Sure. I wanted to, You're to him OG to be proud. daughter. You're the yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. I get and it. I get it. Um, I think we all do, right? Mm-hmm. We want both of our parents' approval. My mother, you know, she just wanted me to be happy. Sure. And she, but she also said, you know, the life of the singer is not easy. So yeah. if that is what you want to do, be sure that, be sure that you know that. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was, that was tough. And, and, and I know that there are moments in, our lives where, you know, we, we get so excited about a dream that we have, mm-hmm. right? right? And someone that we admire and respect and that we want, you know, their approval says something, you know, he said it out of love of because course. for him in his world, being a doctor or a nurse was the most important thing. Absolutely. Was the best thing you could be. Mm-hmm. And so I actually considered it for a while. I, you know, sure. I started wondering, well, maybe that is my life path. Maybe that is something I need to do. And and then I looked at the science part and I was like, uh-uh. Oh, like, maybe not. I, <laughs> <laughs> like I remember I was supposed to uh, – um, 
you know, when you have to to dissect a frog. I was like, going to say, I, I couldn't do it. I and bailed on that the with the dissecting a frog. Office. Oh my god, <laughs> we are so alike. <laughs> They sent me to the principals. Anyway, oh so my God. that that just I knew that wouldn't work. Right. So right. then I thought, well, maybe you know, since I have an ear for for music and language, maybe what I can do that will help me be more important. Yes. Uh, help save lives is to become a translator at the UN. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So I went on the language track mm-hmm. and my I went to France to, to learn French because French, besides English, French is one of the most sure. um, spoken languages on the planet. Right. Um, and Spanish, of course. And so I was planning, I was thinking, you know, in my heart of hearts, that maybe that's a way I could save a life. Right. You know, if I translate something really well, or, you know, I'll be at least, you know, I don't know what I was thinking, but there you have it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I went on this track and um, went to Paris to learn French and had a wonderful... Suffering in um, your studies, of course. <laughs> So much so, actually, that um, I was in this bar after school. I went to school at night because I was uh, a nanny during the day to pay for being there. And so after school one night, you know, a bunch of us went out to this bar and uh, this gentleman sat next to me and he said, "Um, you're a singer, aren't you? Right? So random. And I was like, no, you know, I'm here to be a translator, <laughs> right? I no, I and he said, come on, you've no, with like, those no, cheekbones, really. you just you look like a singer. Come to find out, he was this big producer for a French record label, oh <laughs> and he just he he said, I I know singers and. And I and so I confessed. It's not funny. Oh it did. God. It felt like a confession. <laughs> um, anyway, through meeting him, I got introduced to, you know, the singers in in France, and I started singing. And then I decided, you know what? This is really silly. This is what this is what I am. This right. is who I am. And the best voice teacher in the world is my mother. Right. So I went back home and started studying <laughs> with my mother. And at that time, she was living in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, yes. Very dear to my heart. And so I was looking for a job, and I found a job at Romano's Macaroni Grill. Oh, God. The rosemary <laughs> bread. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That rose, and it smells so amazing oh, in there, yes, right? Yes, always. So this was a huge property, probably about 300 people that could be seated in mm, this restaurant. One, and yeah. I was, I called it boot camp for, for my singing career because there was music playing in the background. It was super <laughs> loud. I was there with my pitch pipe, right. you know, learning, learning my arias and singing them there, you know. And one night I, I went and sang for a big, huge table of about 20 people. And um, I went back to the kitchen to get some water 
And the waitress comes up to me and she's like, Monique, you have to go to table 20 right now. They're all crying. I was like, oh my God. Okay. So that's the worst place I want to go right Right. now. Like, I don't want to go there at all if they're all crying. And I'm thinking, what happened? What did I do? You know, oh Lord. So I sort of trepidatiously (laughs) walk up to the table and there was a woman that was sitting at the head of the table and I I get to the table and she just throws her arms around me sobbing Shannon just sobbing and I I just was frozen right and I said what happened and she said oh god She said, we brought my son here to Duke University Medical Center to get him fitted for uh, a cochlear implant because he was deaf. And he just signed to me that he heard you. Oh, my God. I I was I I didn't even then I started crying like everybody's <laughs> crying and oh my god I mean I mean I have a loud voice but it's not that loud <laughs> <laughs> but what it was was that, you know the the vibrations mm-hmm. and so they came back I think it was about a month or maybe two months later and mm-hmm. so he couldn't have the cochlear implant because of whatever had caused the deafness but he oh. was able to be fitted with a hearing aid outside of his ear mm-hmm. and so they came back oh my god and he spoke to me and thanked me and I walked out as you can imagine that <laughs> night thinking well, he wasn't bleeding. Right. But I did save a life that night. Absolutely. I I feel so blessed and honored. And I wanted to talk about this because I tried not to do what my passion was, right? Yeah. Yep. So so I know there's so many of us out there who are in jobs that, you know, they mm-hmm. might not want to be in because somebody told them that's what that's they could what do they or could what they do. should do. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to tell that story because of how important it is to follow our passion. Mm-hmm. And no matter what it is, and it's never too late. Right. Never. It's never too late. And what if your voice could save a life? Okay, obviously, not everybody's an opera singer, and, and that's not sure. right. But we all have a voice. Yeah. And whether you're a writer, whether you are a speaker, a singer, however you, and there's so many ways, right? Mm-hmm. We can use our voice. What if it could save a life? And I think that, you know, it's the living in authenticity that creates or melds that powerful voice. 
you know? So when we're, sometimes we're in a situation we don't want to be in and we have to be there for a while. It's for our soul growth, whatever. That's right. Um, And so that's also shaping the voice. But when we sort of retract from what what we, I don't want to use the word should, um, when we retract from that which brings us life, it also deadens the voice and the expression and the who we are. That is so true, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I had a similar situation where I was like, I'm done with music. I was in college. I went to to college for music. So I was from early on, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. You know, cool. Just a bunch of crap happened, not the least of which is, you know, I was 18, 19 years old. Right, right, right. Right. Anyway, um, and I had been there a long time. Um, It typically took five years to get this four-year degree at this particular university because it was, you know, it was rigorous. Um, And I just, I got to the end of it and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It was too hard. There's too much pain. There's too much competition. There's too much of me putting myself out there. And then you naturally are criticized for it or whatever, you know. Um, and I think sometimes when that happens, we can lose perspective of of how we really are, how good we are. Right. You know, but the point of a university, of course, is to help you get better. So I said, no, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm I'm out. I was five years into the degree and I just quit. I just stopped. Wow. I went to work in a retail store selling um, toys. <laughs> so, you, I, but I just want to say, you, I bet you were great at that. I was. <laughs> they very quickly rose me up to uh, management, and you know, what can I say? I rock whatever I touch. But there it is. There it is. <laughs> it Love took it. me a while to learn that, though. Um, right. You know, and I did. I did probably. A couple of years in that mindset, and then I started he- like physically hearing the vo- the little voice. I was driving down the road one day, and it said, "Go buy a bass." Ooh, and I'm a flute player. Ooh, I'm like, what in the world are you even talking about? Um, but I knew better than to argue because that's also how I met Dave. Was he- hearing this voice, like actual voice in my head. So I went and bought a bass and um, got started with this band, and then a church approached me about being a worship leader, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to be a worship leader. Forget that. No, no, no. Because, of course, I had played on worship teams since I was like 12. And, um, you know, it all eventually came back around. God is so good, and our communities are so good to love us kind of back in the right direction. I. This is going to sound like so puffed up, but just the conversations I've had with people and through my music, I have saved lives. Yeah. And I know that. And can I give an example like, you know, so-and-so jumped up from the table because they, you know, they were in cardiac arrest and my voice saved them. No, of course not. But, um, you know, back in the 90s, I wrote and sang a song about a girl who committed suicide And universally, after those shows, I would have these girls coming up and wanting to talk to me about 
what this is like, you know. And so whatever our expression is, whatever our voice, when it comes out of that authentic place, there is someone out there who needs to hear the story or the song or they need to read what you've written because they are searching for the one thing that's going to click with them and change their lives. That is so beautiful, Shannon. Thank you so much for bringing us here. There are two things that I loved. There were a lot of things, but two things really stuck out about what you said. The first is listening to that. I call it that divine voice. Mm -hmm. Some call it the intuition. Some call it the still small voice. Mm -hmm. And really, really following it. Right. No matter what it says. Yeah. Sometimes it'll take us somewhere places we we don't ever realize. Yeah. But whatever walk of life you find yourself in, to remember that just like when I was a little girl and my mother's voice sent those ripples mm. of vibrations through my little girl body, our we never know what the ripple effect of our voice mm -hmm. will be. That's right. Whether you're in music, whether you're writing a song, whether you're writing a book or an article, or whether you're having a difficult conversation, mm -hmm. as you speak from your soul, speak from your heart, you never know what the ripple effect will be. That's right. Thank you so much. I'm reminded, I think I may have told this story already, but um, I'm just reminded of a, a friend of mine who was a student at the college in Memphis. Um, just, just a great guy. I wish I could introduce you all to him. Um, but he was in my, my worship leading classes and I did some discipleship with him and stuff like that. And I'm I'm the type, I'm going to tell you where I'm at on any given day, like, I'm not going to try to pretend everything okay is okay if it's not, and so on. But, um, And I, I let that come through with my students as well, because in my mind, they need to see what real life is like in this profession. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. if I come in happy and cheery all the time when I'm not, then they're going to be disappointed when they get out there. So I want to guide them in the right direction. And so one day um, he just said to me, you know, I've been in church my whole life and I've never seen a leader be authentic. Wow. And which really shocked me because it's not like I'm coming up there, you know, spilling all my beans or whatever. I'm just like, hey, guys, I'm not having the best day. So if I seem off, it's not you. Let's talk about worship, you know. Um, right. And he said he'd never seen that in any church because all of his pastors and ministers had been too busy trying to look like they had everything together. And so well, even and I think I think as leaders that, that there is a feeling that we need to set that example. Oh, absolutely. And we are human. Yeah. And all leaders are fallible. We're just a little further along in the path <laughs> than the right. people that we're leading, That's right? That's exactly right. And, um, but it's important to be 
your authentic self, yeah. just as you said. Yeah. And to find that authentic voice so that we can speak from our soul, speak from our heart. Again, we just never know because that person saw a leader who right. was authentic. We don't know what it that inspired him to right. do and we'll never know. Right. And that's really the beauty of what if your voice could save a life. Absolutely. And speaking from your heart and following your passion so that your voice doesn't get that dead monotone, mm -hmm. I don't have anything to contribute. Right. Sound. That's just a horrible sound. Like <laughs> yeah. painfully. I mean, it's just painful. And it's and it's it's sad how many people are do feel that way. Mm -hmm. So if you are out there feeling like that today, please know that we hear your true voice mm -hmm. and we are surrounding you with love today. Yes. And speak up. Yes. Your voice needs to be heard. Thank you so much for being with me on this journey, Shannon. Thank you, Monique, for having me along. All right. Let's take a deep centering breath. Breathing in relaxation and peace. Breathing out any anxiety, fear, or doubt. Inhaling relaxation and peace. Exhaling any anxiety, fear, or doubt. And one more time for the power of three. Inhaling relaxation and peace. And exhaling any anxiety, fear, or doubt. As you breathe in and out, I invite you to consciously align the power and presence that is the divine within. Open your mind, heart, body, and soul to this divine energy pouring in and through you today. this divine energy, breathing it in, allowing it to permeate your entire being. And from this place of stillness, sweetness, 
and the divine. I invite you to ask yourself, what if my voice could save a life today? Just be with the question. What if my voice could save a life today? What would you write? What would you say? How would you feel? Who would you talk to? What would you create? What if your beautiful, divinely guided voice could save a life today? If you believed that, who would you become? How would you expand? What doors would you open? Be still and imagine your voice sending ripples and vibrations out into the universe. You are divinely guided. You are God's magnificent creature. You are the divine's masterpiece. Speak, live, dance, jump for joy. Remember who you are and what you say is important. We need you. We need your voice. Thank you for stepping up and being the voice today. We are so grateful. And so it is. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Magnetic Voice here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. The Magnetic Voice is copyright 2021, Monique McDonald, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.